Hey there, welcome to Broadcast to Post. I'm Jeff Sengpil, CTO at Keycode Media. This is the show where we interview leaders and experts in the AV, broadcast, and post-production spaces. We're giving you the inside tips to grow your media workflows and business today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Broadcast to Post. Today, I am here with CEO of Bird Dog, Dan Mao. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thanks very much for having me. Awesome. So... What brings you to town? We uh, heard about some new products. Yeah, so we've uh, got a bit of a, a whistle-stop tour, but uh, the main reason for coming over to the States is we were just up at Zoomtopia the last couple of days, and that's a, a Zoom event that uh, they put on each year, and this year it was a hybrid event, so some in venue and then a lot of remote as well. But we actually became a, a pretty big sponsor for them. We had 18 of our cameras dotted around in all their stages where we were showing all of their sessions and they were streaming it through Zoom. Uh, and we also had a demo pod there showing off some great new products as well. So one of the cool things we just announced is a little device called Bird Dog Pod. Uh, and it takes any of your NDI video sources on your network and makes it available as a webcam. So for that particular purpose, uh, it's great with Zoom. Um, that's actually play. That's another one that I'm really excited about as well. But hey, yeah, we'll get it's to that. It's close to that. It's, it's, it's very small. Yeah. Uh, oh, there it I, is. Being, being Grab it. Here. Let's have a look. Great. It. So the pod, it's a little tiny thing. Pretty obvious name because it looks like a pod. Uh, on top, it's got these cool little things. It's got four buttons where you can pre-program different sources. So what you're able oh. to do there is in a meeting, you can just choose different cameras or different outputs of NDI and just make that available directly over, over your USB connector. So that's a great thing in that kind of meeting space environment. Uh, from there, for the rest of the time we're over here, we're talking about all of our other new products, all of our production products and post-production products as well. So there's a whole bunch of things that are going on over the next couple of weeks. So we're really excited. It's amazing. So um, let's talk a little bit about how you guys got started with Bird Dog. What was the beginning of the company? Very good. So Bird Dog's been around uh, actually almost exactly the amount of time as NDI's been around. So we are 100% an IP-based company, as in networks. So uh, a company that uh, myself and my co-founder, Eamon, who's traveling with me on this trip as well, uh, the company we had before, we distributed new tech products. So we were lucky enough to hear about NDI before it became public. Uh, as soon as we saw it, we were like, this is fantastic, but wouldn't it be great if you could have a device that could hang on the back of a camera instead of being computer to computer? And that kind of sent us on this wild ride for the last six years of uh, developing products. So the first thing we built was a converter that you could uh, convert anything from SDI or HDMI across into this brand new NDI format. Uh, but then very quickly, we decided, actually, we need to be as close to the glass as possible. And by that, I mean cameras, glass in them. Uh, and so we actually process that NDI. We make our own cameras that uh, take the video and then convert that directly into NDI and make it available on the network. Uh, but then also on the other side of things, we also do a whole bunch of decoding. So we've got, uh, we've got really that end-to-end -end where we're right at the glass on the camera and right at the glass on the TV screens to get video in and out. Then from there, you can insert whatever creative tool you like. And over the last little while, we've been building out these production workflows. We've got a whole bunch of software that enables that. And then post-production workflows, yeah, or, or Zoom, for example, where you can uh, use any tool you like in between. We've just got the, the best way to get the best quality pictures in and to get that distributed out as well. Um, uh, speaking of NDI, um, what do you... The difference between NDI and 2110, can you can you make a comparison? Because a lot of people get confused about that. Yeah, look, I think uh, you know, without a doubt, video is going IP. It's kind of almost comical that here we are in 2022 and, uh, and it's one of the last industries to go properly network-based. The problem's always been you know, you've got kind of a, um, a set of uh, parameters you need to fit within. You've got a network that's only a certain size. You've got picture quality that needs to be broadcast quality. 
And then you've got latency that needs to be fast enough to be live. And trying to balance those three things all at once has been really hard for broadcast. When you're talking 4K60 and above, uh, there's a lot of data you've got to throw around a network. And so really only over the last couple of years is that really solidified. And I think there's, there's two formats that are really out there. There's NDI and then there's uh, SMP2110. And they're really, I suppose, designed for slightly different use cases, but there is some crossover. Uh, SMP2110 really is a replacement for SDI. It's designed to be, uh, you, you take away the SDI cable and you use a high bandwidth connection that's really a direct replacement. So you have no compromise in terms of the image quality uh, and the latency, but you do need a really fast network. So like I was talking about before, those kind of things that you uh, that you need to balance around uh, a speed of the network uh, quality and performance. Sure. Uh, where NDI comes in, it's probably a little bit lower than that. Um, the image quality is still maintained as broadcast quality, right. but it is much more friendly on a network. So uh, NDI stream at 4K is you know, around about a couple hundred megabits, not gigabits, not tens of gigabits. So it's um, it can scale up a lot larger. So where we find is... Um, a lot of broadcasters use NDI, but then certainly when you're going into any kind of live production, in-venue production, it can really scale up a whole lot easier than trying to deploy a, a 2110 format. And it's a lot cheaper, right? I mean, that's well, the thing. I mean, you're talking about less than half the cost, basically. Absolutely. For from, from a networking side of things right. and also from a device side of things. Right, exactly. Because you're pretty much running fiber when you're doing 2110, no matter what. But Absolutely. you can do everything on pretty much everything on copper with uh, NDI, which is really nice. That's it, yeah. Just a, just a regular Ethernet connection and away you go. So you're, so you're kind of your R&D process is, is, is dead focused on NDI, obviously. Yes and no. So okay. um, the, what we've got that's a bit different, I suppose, to other people is because we were very uh, much at the start of NDI, we had to produce our own IP or our own technology to, to process those pictures. Right. And that really gives us the high, highest quality NDI possible. There's some really unique parts about what we do. Uh, without getting right down and dirty, basically what we're able to do is process NDI frames faster than a whole video frame. So it comes in as that video is coming in right. off your camera, we're already making that into NDI. So it's right. ultra fast. Uh, in a lot of cases, it's the same speed as SDI. Right. Uh, and so yeah, we've got that IP that really we can embed into all of our products, all of our cameras and converters. And then from there, um, yeah, NDI uh, is an, an opener for any type of workflow. But we've also got our cloud applications, which work with SRT. And we've actually just released Cloud 3, which has got our own Cloud Connect platform as well, which allows us to take any of those NDI or SDI signals and view that on an iPad, an iPhone, an Apple TV, Android, whatever you like. Because so, the bandwidth is so low, you can get away with that with SRT, well, yeah. Yeah, so we, we're processing from NDI and then making that, you, know, you can use it on your cellular phone. It's um, And it's ultra low latency. Are you doing dual dual encoders, for one for SRT and one for um, for NDI? Yeah, so a couple of months ago, we announced a new feature that's coming, which is called Silicon 2, uh, Silicone 2 over here. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, that's a way that we can actually process multiple things at once. And it really shows the power of the Bird Dog products. All of our devices are able to be upgraded in the field. We're not the kind of company that's going to you know, have a little black box or a little white box and then it's three months does, later yeah. say it's out of, out of date. Sure. So we can add more features. And with this Silicone 2 release, what we're able to do is add not only our highest quality, lowest latency, everything's awesome, full NDI, but then we can also do SRT at a low bandwidth or even NDI HX simultaneously. Wow. So that means you can have a direct workflow where you've got the highest quality for your live production, but then you can have a lower bandwidth split that maybe needs to be spread across to another campus or somewhere else in the building. Right. So, so, um, so this new chipset, it's hardware based, obviously it's not software based. And so you can reprogram with, with updates, right? Yeah. You so it's the, the magic of technology. There's a, um, a thing which is called an FPGA yeah. uh, and that's what we use. And that's what yeah we process uh, with all of our video. That's a chip that we can program. Yep. 
and we can magically reprogram that sure. infield, uh, and that's where we can add in new features. So every single bird dog product that was ever, we've ever made gets this update. Even if you right. bought a bird dog product five years ago, you get this upgrade. Right. And so tell me a little about the codex that you guys are supporting because you guys have done some crazy updates to that. Yeah. So uh, so NDI, we we keep perfecting uh, the the codec itself, making it as fast as possible, as high quality as possible, adding more bit depth and adding you know, higher frame rates. Uh, then on top of that, uh, we also support with the Silicone 2 release, uh, in terms of compression, we do H.264, and on our 4K converters, also H.265. Yep. Uh, and then we can deliver that in anything from an NDI HX2 or HX3 format through to SRT, and also even RTMP, which is how you can stream to YouTube and Facebook sure. directly from your camera. Right. The idea with this really is that we want these cameras to either be the highest quality in-venue production. We've got you know, Sony sensors in here, it's really high picture quality. But we also want to be able to just post that camera out to someone and say, plug it into the network and we'll take it from there. We can frame it up remotely. We can adjust the color, paint the camera and do that all remotely. Wow. Wow. So um, do you guys, this is, this, is, this is a funny question because um, we've been dealing a lot with JVC recently mm -hmm. and they have this really neat feature which allows them to control the cameras remotely um, mm -hmm. without... Uh, through through dual stream uh, dual directional SRT, mm -hmm. um, have you guys have any, do you have anything like that? We uh, we absolutely do. We got okay. uh, kind of a supercharged version of something like that, but it can do a whole lot more. So uh, within our SRT that we well within our Bird Dog Cloud platform, we've actually always had the ability to do multiple cameras down a single SRT stream, and also control. Oh. So that's all your PTZ control. It's all of your tally lights. It's also painting wow. the camera. The whole lot all just goes down bidirectionally through this SRT. Wow! But you can have multiple cameras on that one stream. That's really important if you're doing a multicam shoot. You want to keep everything in sync. Of course. If you're opening up a separate stream for each one of those cameras, they're going to drift around. So our SRT implementation is is really awesome. Wow! But then we add on top of that the application layer we've got with our iPhones, iPads, Androids, and sure. all of that. You can control the PTZ directly from your iPhone. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, okay, tell me a little bit about the difference between standard NDI and HX. Cool. NDI, uh, well, standard NDI is the, uh, the, the OG, the original one uh, that came out. It's, uh, it's making that brand promise around the highest quality, lowest latency, but network friendly. It's trying to do uh, effectively a really practical replacement for SDI for almost every, work, every workflow you can think of. Uh, along the way, there was some uh, some uh, desire to have a lower bandwidth version of that, and that actually came about because there's a lot of security cameras out there, PTZ cameras and things that are used in security that can compress into H.264. And so HX came about because you could use the NDI wrapper, the easy discovery of all your devices, the easy software install, uh, but then you could then just see that H.264 from the camera. So HX is uh, what's called a high efficiency mode. It's highly compressed. It's, uh, the pictures are compressed more. It means it's if you've got a really low bandwidth connection between two buildings on a campus, uh, it can save you some some bandwidth there. Uh, but it does come at a cost of, of latency and of image quality because it is compressible. Uh, there's absolute use cases for both. But if you're doing a live production where you want the highest picture quality and lowest latency in a venue, full NDI is your best mate. Right. Uh, but that's why uh, with our Silicone 2 update, we're enabling both at the same time. Uh, and so I think that's a really important oh. workflow where where you're doing, let's say it's an iMag or something where you've got, you know, you, timing is all important. You need to make sure all your cameras are in sync and all your picture quality is as high as possible. But then you also want to make that, you know, somewhere else, make it viewed somewhere else. Right. So having that, uh, the ability to do them both at the same time, I think is a really awesome workflow uh, where you can make the most out of both formats. Right, right. So 
That's that's kind of cool. I didn't know you guys had that feature and SR2 at the same time. So actually, uh, there's a little asterisk there. So uh, the high efficiency, so whether we're doing HX oh, or is, SRT, yeah. so you can do full gotcha. NDI. Right. And one of those at the gotcha. same time. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And then, so how would you do control remotely if you were doing that, if you didn't have that SRT stream? Yep, so uh, you can do that via our Cloud Connect Okay, so you can still, okay. Yep, absolutely. Gotcha, yep, gotcha. Absolutely. All right, cool. Um, um, so tell me a little bit about, because you guys have been involved with NDI from the very beginning, tell me a little bit about your intellectual property related to NDI. Yeah, so uh, we... We had to invent a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, there's a, I think on our webpage somewhere, there's a page that's got all of our world firsts. It's kind of easy when you're doing things for the first time, right? You've, um, yeah. You were the first encoder, the first the full NDI camera. Um, but what we had to do was kind of, uh, it was hard stuff. We had to build what was essentially a software platform, which is NDI. We had to build that into hardware. And that's really quite a complex thing. So we built our own silicon chip. The, the way we process that NDI is all ours. So wow. from the moment that video comes in, either on our camera or on our, on our converter, it goes through our chip that does all that processing. And that's where we can do it faster and with higher image quality than anyone else. Then from there, we make that on the network using the regular NDI uh, transport. So to everyone else, it just looks like a regular NDI feed, but it's higher quality and lower latency. So we've got universal compatibility on the NDI side, but we've got that supercharged version of sure. it. And it also allows us to do some really cool things like we've got our quad device and open gear card where we can do up to four channels of 4K60 on one device. Yep. It's a tiny little device the size of an iPhone basically. And that can do four channels of 4K60, which is just impossible in any other way. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna ask. So let's talk, let's do a little bit of a product breakdown. Give me some highlights about your products. Yeah, so I think uh, BirdDog is, is these days quite well known for our cameras, but we do have, and we're really proud of having an end-to-end -end solution. So we do everything from a converter, which you can attach to an existing camera or plug it into a computer, to cameras. We've got a whole bunch of software that goes in the middle to enable you know, routing and communications and all sorts of things, uh, and then cloud connectivity. And then, of course, we've got our uh, distribution side of things with decoders. Uh, so on the camera side of things, there's probably, um, there's a whole range. Uh, they start off at our HD cameras and they sit at around about the uh, $1,500 mark and then sort of move up to $1,800 uh, in the HD range, which is our P110s and P120 cameras. Uh, that's actually a relatively new camera and we're really excited when we released it. It straight away became our, became our most popular product. Uh, it's... Picture quality is absolutely fantastic and it beats any other camera out there in terms of uh, how it performs because of the low latency. And also we use our Sony sensors and, and really high quality glass. So it looks like a TV camera. Um, getting back to what I was talking about before with our relationship with Zoom, that's why we've had such a good relationship with them because we can take a Zoom meeting and make it look like TV. Right. Um, and that's really quite unique. For not a lot of space. money. <laughs> but, but, but not a lot of money in the scheme of things, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, then as we move up, we've got our um, our higher-end production cameras, which are designed more for low-light environments and things, and they go up to 4K. Uh, probably the uh, the two I'd like to highlight is our brand-new camera, this guy here. Yep. That's the P240. Yep. Um, this is a, a new model that sort of sits right bang in the middle of our range. The uh, the image quality is just amazing. It's got a 40 times zoom, so it can zoom in from the other side of a football 40 field. times zoom in a 4K camera. This one here is actually an HD camera. Oh, okay, but it's okay, okay. Zoom. But it's still pretty amazing. Yeah, uh, and uh, the, the image quality, the sensor we've used in this and the way we're processing it is just incredible. So it, it just looks amazing. Uh, it also has some great new features on here. It's got a little uh, LED screen on the front. Kind of nice if you're into any kind of production where you're using networks, 
IP addresses are a nightmare. Um, you know, if you don't know what it is, you got to try and find it. You, everyone's got their favorite go-to IP scanner these days, which is ridiculous. Um, so, so with our cameras now, we've got a screen on the front that tells you the name of the camera, the video resolution, all that kind of stuff. It's a, just a convenience feature, but it's great. It's also got this cool little Mohawk tally on the top as well, which uh, is visible 360 degrees. So you, that tally light's nice and large. So when that camera's live on air, everyone knows that that camera's live on air. Interesting. It's got balanced audio. It's a, it's a really highly spec camera. And the, uh, yeah, like I said, it's all about the image quality at the end of the, sure. end of the camera. And, and this guy is just amazing for that category. Wow. That's nice you're doing balanced audio. That is a really cool feature. It, yeah, it is really neat. And probably <clears throat> one thing that is worth talking about with our cameras is whilst NDI is, is really a, a lot of what we focus on and enables some really cool workplace, all of our cameras do SDI and HDMI as well. So if you're working in a, you know, with a Blackmagic switcher or if you're at a higher end with a, a Ross Carbonite or something like that, you can still use these bird dot cameras and get the awesome picture quality and then also have the flexibility of maybe doing the, the painting and, and general control over NDI but taking the SDI out to your existing switcher. So right. they play really nicely, not only in NDI but also in other ways. Right, and as you said earlier, just having that stream online yeah. so that you can have a producer log in and watch all the streams but you still have your cut being done on SDI locally. Yeah, that's right. so yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's some really neat... Uh, workflows that can be done with that in existing uh, uh, installations. And then I think probably the last camera I'll talk about uh, from the production side of things is our P4K. And this is the top of the line in terms of our, our cameras. It's a, all of our cameras, as I've mentioned a couple of times, are uh, a Sony, Sony sensors, yep. but this one's a Sony one inch sensor. Yep. And it's just amazing, the image quality that comes out of it, the, the black level, the depth of field, it's a it's a true production camera, and we're finding that's going into a lot of really creative spaces. Um, I think there's one that's uh, just going on recently, which is at the Comedy Club that was done with you guys. Wow. Where there's 10 of those that have gone in. Um, and the reason why uh, they've been so popular is, again, that image quality, the low-light performance, they are you know, legitimately used in TV broadcast. Uh, and, and if you put them up against any other PTZ, uh, they always kind of come out on top in terms of image quality. Yeah, and I was hearing that you guys, um, uh, the stop doesn't change when you zoom, so you're dealing with a consistency with that, which yeah, is very nice. So uh, with all zoom cameras, you have um, a conflict when you're trying to zoom in and keep the image still looking right. And something that's very expensive in any type of lens is keeping that aperture constant the whole way through the zoom range. A lot of cameras fake it with automatic gain control, but that means you get noise that comes into the picture. Yeah. Uh, with the P4K, it's got a constant aperture lens, which means that you set the, you know, if you open up wide, you f1.6, um, it will be f1.6 the whole way through that zoom range, uh, which is really great if you're doing anything on air or if you've got some, you know, some great creative choices that you want to make as far as depth of field and things, it's going to retain it. Um, and what was the zoom length? On that one? Uh, that one is 12 times. 12 times, yeah. See, that's the problem when you have a bigger imager. <laughs> yes. And we are finding it's generally used in, uh, in more kind of studio sure. type environments. Uh, and that's sure, where sure. you're having this guy 40 times is great for sporting type things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah, different cameras for different purposes, which is why we have that whole range. Uh, and actually, speaking of sport, uh, we also have an outdoor range of cameras as well. So, full oh, yeah. IP67, which means it's rain, wind, dust yeah. proof. Uh, and we've got two cameras in that range. Uh, one of them is designed to be ultra fast. It's a, called our A200 camera. Uh, so again, fully weatherproof, but it's got a full 360 spin, so you can spin it around wherever you like. Excellent for mounting in a grandstand or something like that, where you can move things around and look at a sporting field. Uh, it's got a windscreen wiper on the front, so if it does get rainy, it'll uh, clean itself up. Uh, and that's got a 30 times zoom and super fast movement. So it's great for, for sporting and outdoor wow. kind of installations. And then the A300, which is our top of the range on the outdoor uh, side of things, 
that can actually withstand a Category Four hurricane. So it's uh, it's just built to not break. It's uh, wow. it's really quite a, a piece of engineering. It's also got a laser illuminator, which will actually light up at nighttime up to five hundred meters away. So Whoa. it's a it's a killer camera. And that's the Sony. That's the same Sony Imager. So you're dealing with low noise. You know, you what's the it. ISO highest ISO on that? That's something that I reckon you're going to have to. I'll, I'll find out for you. Okay. Maybe we can put that as okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't okay. have that spec on the top of my head. Because it must be pretty high to be able to do that. It is, yeah. The low light. Those illuminators are amazing that they can do that and have the ISO so high. So um, I hear you guys have a cloud service for post production. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, I've got a bit of a soft spot for post production. That's uh, sort of my my first part of my career was uh, was actually working at Avid with post production oh, uh, wow. workflows. Uh, and so when we built BirdDog Cloud, we were starting to talk about how it can be used. And BirdDog Cloud allows you to get video from one place to another. And now with our new apps, to get it onto mobile devices and TV devices. Uh, like I mentioned before, you can have a Samsung TV with our BirdDog app installed on it or an Android TV or Apple TV. Um, what I got to thinking about was, wouldn't that be really cool if you wanted to do an over-the-shoulder edit with a producer? So the editor can sit wherever they want, wherever they are. Uh, they can publish their edit session. On the other end, what we're able to do is switch between different views. So if you're a producer and you're cutting together a bit of a stack up on a timeline, you might want to look at what's happening on the timeline rather than just sort of sitting there waiting while the output's not really changing on the, on the confidence monitor. Uh, so you can switch around. So the producer can have a look at what's happening on the timeline, then they can switch over and have a look at what's happening on the, pro, on the confidence output. Uh, or you can also do a side-by-side. -side. So you can have a look at both, both at the same time as a picture-in-picture. But that's all controlled by the far end. So the editor itself, um, they're just editing away like they normally right. would. And the producer can have a look at the areas that they're interested in. Um, so it's a really neat workflow. You can also add in as many cameras as you like so you, or, or sources. So you can have a camera in the edit suite as well. Wow. So you can switch while you're looking at the timeline, but then you want to have a conversation about yeah, yeah. what's happening. You can just switch to the camera and look at them. Wow. There's one part that's missing on that, though, is how do you get the camera back from the other side as well? How does the producer look? Right. So on our apps, uh, we also have the return vision going back as well. So while you're looking at whether it's on your iPad or, or phone, you can use your camera there uh, and send that back directly into the edit suite. So we've got a panel for Adobe Premiere, for example, where this is all directly within the Premiere interface. Wow. The editor gets a little return vision. So it's kind of like doing a Zoom call, but it's directly within the edit suite. That's kind of clever. I like that. Yeah, we love it. It's a, just such a cool workflow. So the, what's the hardware? Because you've got a camera. So then what's the hardware on the computer side? Is it software? That, it's all software. Yeah. It's all software. That's Great. Right, yeah. So it's available as a, um, a really low cost uh, monthly subscription or it also scales up to enterprise as well. So if you've got dozens of edit suites, you can then make them all secured and all locked down so only the right people can view the right wow. suite. And uh, not... Um, um, you can't control a computer like that. We're not talking about computer control. It's just visual. It's just visual, yeah. So it doesn't and audio, any... I assume. Of course, yeah. The audio yeah. is actually really sophisticated as well. So you can choose what audio you want to make over the other side. So you can wow. take the output directly as the final output from the edit suite, or you can choose your microphone from your computer, or you can you know, mix and match however you like. So your confidence monitor would come off the client computer, the producer's computer. It would come off that computer, basically. It would be an extra, an extra monitor. It's not. You don't have a hardware decoding device, I guess is my point. Uh, well, no, uh, you, you can do that within the you know, uh, hardware decoding device, but you can also do it directly on your TV. So it's um, yeah, with uh, right with you, the app. With the app, that's right. Um, wow, that's a pretty cool feature. I mean, I, I come from post production too. I'd like to see that panel and resolve. 
guys gonna work with black magic <laughs> that, that would be cool we're both Aussie so you never know exactly <laughs> exactly um so the we got we really got to talk about your hardware encoder decoders uh the open gear stuff so tell me a little bit more about the just just the encode decoders a little bit yeah so um encoders and decoders are, are really the toolboxes within a, a production space or a live production where you need to get things from one place to another and you know, in SDI world, you, you have a fiber converter. In, in HDMI, you might have an extender. What we do is actually allow you to mix and match all of that together and get you know, really high-quality pictures wherever you need them and also enable, you know, if you've got an SDI-based switcher, NDI ins and outs. OpenGear itself is a, a really exciting product. It's um, OpenGear is a chassis that's made by, um, made by Ross Video. It's an open standard, and so we've decided to build our own card that goes in there. So it just slots in on the, the Open Gears chassis, which is a two RU chassis, two rack units. It's got four channels. So you can do four channels of 4K60 on one of these little cards. You can stack up to 10 of those in one Ross Open Gear chassis. Wow. So that's 40 channels of NDI in it's or insane. out um, in two rack units. So wow. it scales up really high. The other thing that's really neat with that is that it, uh, it has full integration with the ROS dashboard side of things as well. So it's really easy to control. Oh, wow. And you can flip it between either an encoder or a decoder. Through so, the ROS panel, of course, yeah, that's which right. is really great. Yeah, and, and that, can, um, that can be really cool for, for a whole bunch of things. If you've got a, an SDI switcher, you can have NDI cameras, for example, and that open gear becomes, you know, it's in your rack and you can go straight into your router and into your switcher. But the other way around as well, we can also take a, an SDI feed or split and turn that into NDI, and then use one of our little play devices to to pipe that onto screens around the building. Right, so right. and and cloud like a cloud switching we were talking about earlier. There's a lot of applications for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and what's the latency like on those cards? They're super low latency. It all uses our our own silicone, so it's right. um really low latency. So there's kind of a, a term which is called line based or frame based. Right. So what we do with all of our either encoding or decoding is line, line based. based yeah. So as the lines come in, so if you imagine. It's like reading a page when you're drawing video. It's you know, top left to right, yep. top to top bottom. To bottom. Uh, and so as we get 16 lines of video out of those 1080 or 2160 in 4K, as we get 16 lines of that video, we're already it. making that into NDI or drawing it onto the screen. Interesting. So, um, the And the technology behind that is technology that you guys own. It's proprietary technology. Do you guys, as in, in the future, would you guys be licensing this? Do you want to license this to other people? Is this kind of? I think that's an interesting question, and um, it's it's something that, uh, as far as we're concerned, it's a it's a really powerful tool. What we like about NDI, we're we're not about making a wall garden. Um, you know, we we love our tools, and we think we've got a great end to end workflow. But like I said earlier, you can put whatever creative tool you like in there. It's the way we see it is the more NDI, the better. And if we can make better NDI, then yeah, that's that's a great thing because there's more opportunities for everybody. So that was a long way of answering that right now we uh, we don't license that to anyone else because okay. you know, we, we think it's really cool in our products. But it's not to say we won't in the future. We think that's a really right, good right, opportunity. Right, right, right. Because that's that's kind of the thing is, is that, so are you guys going to make a Sony-style ENG broadcast camera? Probably not. Probably not. So no. for that market, it would be great to have maybe a device. And this is something that I've, I've talked to other vendors about, you know, something that is, you know, it goes in the slots in the Anton Bauer mount, you know, and and there's your encoder built into the camera. Absolutely. I think there's, there's some really cool uh, opportunities there to either make sort of complementary products that are designed right. specifically for it or potentially embedded directly in. Because but, that's, yeah, exactly. I was yeah. just going to say, yeah, because embedded directly in would be really nice. But the thing is that you don't have to embed it directly in. If you don't want to license it, yeah, you could just sell a product. Well, that's right. Yeah. But uh, but I think the yeah, scaling up and making the right products for the right thing uh, or the right uses is really interesting. So, yeah, we've got a, a great relationship with uh, with the NDI guys. And I think, uh, yeah, from that point of view, there is scope. Yeah, NDI is still 
owned by NDI, um, right. but we have that IP that can complement, and there's certainly ways that they can work. Right, right. So in terms of the future, like we we're talking to getting into, what do you think is one of the biggest hurdles that you guys are going to have to kind of deal with in the future? I think there's uh, pixels are getting to the point where we're reaching max pixels in terms of video. There's there's d diminishing benefits in going to 8K and beyond in terms right. of the pixels, but the quality of those pixels is something that's really important. So I think there is going to be some movement around that HDR side of things, uh, mm -hmm. and that's that's a combination of hardware and software that needs to kind of fall in place to make that happen. Uh, so I think that's going to be a, a cool challenge to uh, to overcome over the next little while. Uh, the other side of things really is that uh, that hybrid kind of cloud versus on-prem. Uh, I think there's there's definitely some really uh, great things happening in that cloud-based production, uh, and trying to make that as easy as possible. We've got some great relationships with Google, and uh, and the way we built our uh, app platform Cloud Connect is actually in partnership with Google for spreading that video right. network. And I think uh, yeah, combinations of those kind of things, cloud uh, conveniences around having things either in a location or or remotely, and then having that HDR side of things is probably the the uh, the most exciting and challenging stuff that we're working on. So, and one of the things that we didn't bring up is that is that some of your cameras kind of have high dynamic range anyway. It's not HDR, but it's it's. Tell me a little bit about what you guys are doing imager wise. Yeah. So again, that comes back to yeah the, the types of images that we use. The sensors are all high quality Sony sensors, um, and so HDR itself is actually quite a complex thing. It, like I said, it does involve. It's going to involve software and everything along the way to be able to process it in the right way. So what we can do right now is wide dynamic range. And you know, the dynamic range really is making sure you've got enough of the highlights, but enough of the shadows so you don't lose things in between. And what we can do with our cameras, it's kind of akin to bracketing on a uh, on a DSLR, for example, where we can, we can kind of uh, mess with the way we're actually uh, receiving the image from the sensor so we can uh, alternately get the high dynamic and the uh, the higher end of the um, the frequencies and also then pick up the black levels as well. So it just gives you a bit of a bump in terms of uh, what you're able to get to uh, with that image quality. The other thing with that, uh, the P4K, the camera that I was talking about with the constant aperture zoom, that's also got a built-in ND filter as well. Um, so it's got really great low light performance. So a good example is in a house of worship, it's quite often challenging lighting. You've got a, you know, where someone's standing might not be particularly well lit and then you might have some windows behind that are, you've got a lot of light. So just whacking on a little bit of ND and then bringing up your black levels can get you a really nice image without having to go to HDR. So that's wow. wider dynamic range and with some optical uh, assistance as well. And you can you can do those adjustments through your panel as well as the web interface? So we've got uh, any way you could possibly like to control our cameras. So uh, we have our, our control surface, the yep. PTZ keyboard, and we've got some really cool things coming out with that in terms of the uh, the way we're controlling the uh, the cameras and, and making that as uh, smooth as possible. There's some right. great updates coming there. Uh, we've also got our application, which is called Cam Control. And that gives you a, an app on a computer where you've got a four-up display. So if you've got a multi-camera shoot, uh, you can see all of those uh, all of those cameras and make sure they're all painted up awesome. correctly. So, <laughs> so one of the applications that I, I kind of find that's kind of interesting is that some people want to put these into studios mm. where they don't necessarily have the ability to have operators. So if you're doing like um, a news show, uh, you might have a fixed center camera and two fixed side cameras with teleprompters. And it's kind of cool that nowadays you can do that 
Um, Prompter People has a has a box. It's, it's pretty cool. It's really neat, actually. It's a great solution for in a tight studio environment where you might not have enough room for for uh, all the people there or a traditional camera setup. So right, yeah, having a, a PTZ, you get the the flexibility of that, but then also having that inbuilt into the teleprompter as well. It's, it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dan, thanks for coming in. I really appreciate it. It's been great hearing about the new Bird Dog products, and uh, we wish you much luck in the future. Thank you very much. It's been great being here. Thanks for watching Broadcast to Post. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive future episodes. Follow Keycode Media on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to receive news on additional AV, broadcast, and post-production technology content. See you next time, folks.